0: So we've been speaking over the last couple of weeks, and hopefully, well, we'll see how this goes this morning. We'll, we'll conclude this area of knowing God. How many know there's, there's not really a conclusion of the area of knowing God? Because to say a human or a finite individual knowing God is to say to know the infinite. And that's impossible for us really to grasp the, the depth, the height of who God is. But when we're talking in this series about knowing God, we're talking in line of how he speaks and how he deals with us. And so we gotta make sure when we're speaking in these terms, we get its proper placement. Knowing God comes first, how he speaks, how he speaks to us, the essence of who he is has to be in his proper seat first before we get into talking about how he speaks to us, the different ways of his speaking to us. Again, I was in Greenville this past week and a minister was talking about moving, or he had a trance where he saw the Lord and, and all these kind of things happen. And as I was listening to his testimony about this, again, it backed into this reality. When you hear these kind of testimony, it's still you got to make sure you know God well enough to know if that matches up with the book. <laughs> I was watching as, as this past week also, I think it was on the news. They talked about a brother, uh, not a brother, but a, a guy that killed his family. I think it's two kids. And one of the things that stuck out the most to me about that particular issue is that he said he heard a voice tell him to kill his kids. Hmm? He heard a voice that told him to kill his kids. And, And as I heard that, I said, see, that's what the issue is. A lot of folks go around and say, well, the Lord told me this, or I heard this voice tell me that. I heard this, and if it doesn't match the essence of who God is, then we can discern that's not God. There's so many different voices today telling you to do this, telling you to go there, telling you all these kind of things. But if it doesn't match what God says he is about himself, then we can say, no, that's not God. And this is what this this is how we begin to discern what we're hearing. And so. In John chapter 10 and verse 27 has been our foundational scripture. We wanted to first start and begin to understand that God does speak to us. Jesus speaking here says, my sheep, those therefore that are connected to me hear my voice. He says, I know them. And they follow me. And I saw this this week. He says, I know them. He didn't say anything about you knowing God. He says, I know them. He says, my sheep, they hear from me and I know them. We are known by our Heavenly Father. There's not a day that goes by that you have to try to get your Heavenly Father's attention. He's not a distant father. He's not someone that's not connected to you intimately. He knows every aspect of you. He knows every hair that's on your head. He knows when you cut all your hair off. He knows everything about you. He says, I know them. And they follow me. Romans chapter 8 and verse 14 says, For as many are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So he says, My sheep hear my voice. And the ones that are led by my Spirit, those are my children. And over in Matthew chapter 4 and verse 4, it says, Jesus speaking, it says, But he answered and said, It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, or they shall not live simply by natural substance. But he says, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So our lifestyle as sheep, our lifestyle as children, sheep indicates that we have a Lord that leads us in a certain direction, and we have a Lord that provides for us. Children indicates our relational aspect with God, that we're connected by covenant with him because of the blood of Jesus. And he says natural food here has everything to do with the biological standpoint. The physiological aspect of our nature that we need natural food. But he said we don't simply live by that aspect. We live by my sheep, live by the word. My children live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And so, therefore, we've said, again, there's a variety, a variety of different ways that God speaks to us. But the act of faith to attend to his word, this is listening. Listening to what God's saying. Listening to what he's indicating in our life. Listening for his direction. Because I know I am known by my shepherd, that means I have an expectation of his leadership in my life. Because I'm one of his sheep. You know, sheep don't go around saying, oh, I wonder if the shepherd's going to feed me today. (laughs) I wonder whether or not he's going to take care of me. She don't have this as a notion. They know their shepherd takes care of them. They know their shepherd provides for them. They know that every need that they have, the shepherd has dominance over their life. And so they are always attentive to his voice and his leading and his direction. They live by every word that proceeds out of his mouth. Listening is about a lifestyle. And we've indicated to you before as we review that a lifestyle is a typical way of life. A typical way of life. This is how we do it. Remember the song, This Is How We Do It? (laughs) For believers, living by God's word is a typical way of life. This is how we live life. It is not. Notice, he didn't say it is simply for the preacher. And for some reason, that's what people think. Oh, the preacher got to live by faith. That's right. Bless God. But what about you in your own life? The preacher that's standing before you, the preacher that's in any church that's operating in what God's called them to do is operating in their assignment. The question then becomes, am I operating in my assignment? It requires for me to walk by faith in my assignment just as much as I'm seeing my pastor, the minister, walk in his assignment or her assignment. It's a typical way of life. The second definition is uh, some, someone's way of living. Someone's way of living. The thing that a person or a particular group of people usually do It's something normal. To hear from God. It's something normal to be led of God. Now. From this aspect we begin to understand. That it. That God speaks. From the position of who he is. God speaks and directs us. From out of his very essence or out of his nature. We can again begin to discern the difference between the voice of God. And the voice of error, the voice of, I was watching again, I was on Instagram and I saw a prominent preacher that used to be big in the 90s. He was in regular, good old fashioned heresy yet again online. And I was amazed by the Christians and even Christian artists that were saying yes and amen. Heresy is nothing new. Heresy might be repackaged in a new Lively things, and you don't. But at the court it, it generally says you don't really need Jesus. You can do what you want to do. There's nothing new about good old fashioned heresy, and so it becomes important, even when it's in terms of listening to the so-called preachers. Again, I'm not a policeman. My job is to sow the word so that you have proper discernment in the spirit to understand, no, that ain't God, because it doesn't reflect the essence of daddy. (laughs) That's not how he talks. That's not matching his book that he gave us as his revelation of who he is. So I can reject that because that's not him. We said that the voice of God always comes this way. He is the voice of truth. The voice of love, the voice of faith, the voice of peace. And last week, we added the voice of life. The voice of life. and I'm going to quickly run through this. The voice of truth. John chapter 16, verse 13 through 14 says, bit, How bit when he, the spirit of truth, notice this is Jesus speaking in terms of the Holy Spirit. When the spirit of truth is come, he will guide you into all True. why because that's who he is for he shall not speak of himself but whatsoever he shall hear he shall speak and he shall show you things to come watch this verse 14 he shall glorify me and he shall receive of mine and show it unto you So the voice of the Holy Spirit is always the voice of truth because he is the spirit of truth. Even when we talk in terms of theological error, you got to start checking out what what's God saying on the inside? And I can't wait till we get to that section when we're talking about the inward witness. When you are in the presence of doctrinal error, you might not even know all these scriptures, how they fit together. But if you check on the inside of you, you, the Holy Spirit said, "Mm, that ain't me. (laughs) <laughs> I, don't, I, don't know, I don't know what he's talking about up there. That, that's not me. What, what are we saying? What, no, you know that. that what, no, you know. And I've gotten in trouble in the past because my face gets to up when he starts talking to me like that. I'm like, wait, 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 you know. And I've learned how to try to fix my face a little bit because I'm like, when brother gets there going up there and saying stuff and that the Holy Spirit, no, I don't know what he's talking about. It's a strange thing when God says, "You know, y'all know what he's talking about." Because he said the spirit of truth. another scripture indicates to us that the spirit of truth shall live on the inside of you. The Holy Spirit, he doesn't have truth, he is true. And whatever he speaks is directly from the Father. There is no separation from Father God. Next area, he is the voice of love. John, 1 John chapter 4 and verse 7 through 8, the King James says, beloved. Let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. So when we love, we show and display that we know God. Verse 8: He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. For God is love. So when God speaks, he always speaks from love because he's speaking out of who he is. Is the voice of faith. Romans chapter 10 and verse 17 indicates, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Anything that we have faith for had to originate from God. Otherwise, how can we be believing it? How can we be believing it? My best grandma. <laughs> how can you believe if God is not the one that originated this process or this concept, this thought? He says to Abraham one day, listen, if you follow me, I'm going to bless you. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. Faith originated from God. When we preach and minister, the reason why we want to spend more time getting the word of God is so that faith can arise in our hearts. Notice this. He says in Romans chapter 4, verse 20 through 21, he, speaking of Abraham, staggered not at the promises, not of Abraham, but he says the promises of God. Through unbelief. Well, what is unbelief? A belief system that is contrary to what God said. He says he was strong in faith. What does that mean? He was strong in what God said. Giving glory to God. When we believe what God says, we give God glory with our very lives because we take him at his word that God is faithful to do what he said he's going to do. You know, our disobedience shows it is a display of our lack of faith in God. It's a display of our lack of trust. When we decide as Christians to go and do things our own way, we are displaying to God, Lord, I don't trust you in this area. And that doesn't give God glory. The voice of faith. Now, he is also the voice of... Of peace the voice of peace If we recall in Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6 through 7 he says for unto us a child is born unto us a son is given and the government shall be upon his shoulder and his name shall be called wonderful counselor mighty the mighty God the everlasting father the Prince of Peace Jesus is our prince of peace. The Holy Spirit in agreement is the voice of peace in our life. John chapter 14 verse 27 says, peace, Jesus speaking, I leave with you. Notice how he says he personifies it. He says, my peace I give to you. Not as the world giver give I unto you. He says, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Jesus is getting ready to go to the cross and he's indicating to his disciple, he says, I'm going to give you peace in the midst of this storm that you're about to go through. His voice in our life always calms us internally. It doesn't. It doesn't separate us from the storms that we go through because it does rain on the just and the unjust alike. But he allows us to walk in the midst of storms and have an internal peace. John chapter 6 and verse 63 says, he is the voice of life. It is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits none. He says the words, Jesus said, that I speak to you our spirit and life spending time in god's word you begin to understand that you're getting you're pumping the life of god on the inside of you his life pumps on the inside of you and the lord showed me this a long time ago when you think in terms of a natural heart a natural heart has two chambers attached to it one chamber of the natural heart pumps blood and another chain, chamber of the heart pumps oxygen. That's the reason why when the heart stops pumping, you're dead. <laughs> because it's no longer pumping blood and it's no longer pumping oxygen. Well, the Bible refers to our heart as the spirit and the soul. The combination of the spirit of a man and the soul of the man. And when, the spirit, when you get born again, your spirit now is pumping with the life of God on the inside of it. You begin to get clarity of his voice the more you begin to get into his word. So you give him something to work with when he's talking to you. The blood aspect has everything to do with understanding that we're covered by the blood of Jesus, which gives us our relationship with God because of what Jesus did on the cross. That's the reason why Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12 talks about that the word has the ability to cap- capability of cutting down to the very Nature in the core, separating the, from the man, the spirit and the soul. Does that make sense? All right, let's keep going. So if we understand, again, these aspects of the voice of God, then we got to understand the opposites thereof. That therefore, since God is the voice of truth, then the voice of a lie is from the devil. He never speaks as the voice of hate. He never speaks as the voice of fear, worry or death. That's not in who he is, so he never speaks this way. John chapter 8 and verse 44 out of the New International Version of the Bible, it says, You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. Yeah, I'll say that. When he lies, he speaks his native language, and he is a liar and the father of lies. You know, we got to be careful even when the media is concerned. The Bible calls him the prince and the power of the air, and there's too many Christians that are just simply taking everything that they see on TV as truth. I don't care if it's the truth on the D side or if it's the truth on the R side that you're defining as truth. we got to make sure we have a proper filter of understanding who is the king of the airways, That we have our discerners out. Yeah, I know you like that reporter. That's your favorite person. Dear God, yes. But we got to make sure what, what spirit is he speaking from? Where is he coming from? What's his motivation? Is it truth or is it money? Because you might find out that particular anchor that you see on TV that his motivation is not God, it's his God which is money. And so money will allow you when he's your God to lie in order to get more of it. You say whatever you want to. You come up with a, it don't matter. It doesn't matter if a bunch of people are dying. Because of the fact, listen, my God money says do what you got to do to get more of it. God's voice is always the voice of love. And when I hear the cloaks of hate coming through the TV, I can recognize that ain't God. It's not coming in truth. First John chapter 4 and verse 17 through 19 says in the uh, King James here in is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. So he says, hearing as I love made perfect. Now, we understand that that essentially is saying that there you get born again, the love of God is perfected on the inside of you. That we can have boldness in the day of judgment. Now, I don't have to worry about the judgment of God because I've been born again. And you talk about hell all day and all night. It won't bother me. Now, before I got born again, boy, I'd be sweating up something. <laughs> yeah, you know, oh, wait, wait now. Wait, you know, how? You, what hell? Lord Jesus. <laughs> Well, the day I got born again, I remember just as clear that day, all of a sudden, conversations about hell didn't bother me. You ever notice one of the things that the devil wants to do in the last days is separate people from the reality of hell? One of the misnomers and theological misnomers that we have today is that hell doesn't exist or that God is sending people to hell. When in reality, see, you're either hooked up with the kingdom of light or you're hooked up with the kingdom of darkness. And that's not God making that decision. That's you making that decision. So if you don't make the decision to make Jesus the Lord of your life, you remain in the kingdom of darkness. And when you separate from this body, you get to go be with your spiritual Lord. It is not God sending you. You sent yourself because you kept rejecting his invitation to the kingdom of light. Verse 18, now watch this. He says, there is no fear in love. When I recognize that God is my father and he's my king, I don't have fear in him. I can come to him. He says, but love casteth out fear because fear has torment. He, that fear, is not made perfect in love. I guess not. Because the love of God has been shed in your heart by the Holy Spirit. I don't have dread of torment because when I die, I I'll go spend eternity with my heavenly father. And if that's a question on the inside of you, you need to get born again. Verse 19, watch, he says, we love him. And I, and I want to stop here a little bit. We love him because... He first loved us. Let me take a side journey here. I was, I was praying this morning and God began to just deal with me. He said, one of the issues that my people are having is they don't understand the order. One of the issues they are having in regards to walking in my commandments is they don't understand who did what first. We love him because he first loved us. If you notice in the book of Genesis chapter 12, we see that God approaches Abram and say, hey, man, listen, <laughs> I'm going to bless you, but I need you to come this way. He's showing his love first. Moses on the backside of the desert somewhere, he looks up and he sees a mountain. What is that? God calling him back to his purpose. We see, fast forward again, I like to use David a lot. David is doing his thing being a shepherd and God literally sends the prophet to go out in the backside of nowhere and find him. We love him because he first loves us. When we understand this aspect, then following God becomes easy because he loved me first. You remember when, when, when God talks to Moses and he says, you won't be able to see my face. He says, I'm going to pass by you and I'm going to let my goodness pass by you. My goodness, let you see that. So many of us, so many believers, they try to, try to, try to tell folks, do this, do this, do that, do that, do that, lead with the commandments and God doesn't treat us that way. God, now notice even in the wilderness, before the law comes from Moses down the mountain, God had already delivered them. God had already prospered them. God leads in our life with his love first. I saw this even in the natural. See, when you have a father that's not in the home. He didn't grow up, or maybe there was a divorce situation and the father wasn't there. When he re-enters the home or tries to have a relationship with the children, the first thing that he has to do is re-establish love. He didn't go in talking about discipline. Sit down, what you doing? No, no, we gotta re-establish the covenant of love because before I will receive from you, I gotta know you love me. I gotta know where your heart is. Before we receive from God, God always starts out with love. He doesn't start out whooping. He doesn't start out telling you, do this, do that. that." No, that's that's not how he does. He leads with his goodness. And the Bible says that the goodness of God causes a man to repent. When we look at our lives, how God's been good to us, he leads in goodness. And in, in, even in the assignment that God gives you, that's part of the reason why God will cause you to be a blessing to other people. That's why God will says to you, when you bless your enemies, you're reflecting my heart because I lead in love. I lead with my goodness. Let's look at this really quick. <clears> 1 <throat> John chapter... 5 and verse 2. First John chapter 5 and verse 2. We read this, I believe, last week. It says, by this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. He says in verse number 3. For this is love. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome. And we indicated to you on last week, the word burdensome literally means heavy in weight, stern, burdensome, violent, cruel, and unsparing. Now, let's look back here again in review in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. This is Jesus speaking. He says, come unto me. Now, you have been in the Baptist church. You know, they they might hoop just a little bit here. Uh, Come unto me. But he says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. And he says, I will give you rest. I will give you rest. He says, take my yoke. Because again, as we said before, he does have a yoke. You're going to be yoked up to the kingdom of light, or you're going to be yoked up to the kingdom of darkness. He says, take my yoke upon upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest for your mind, your will, and your emotions. What does that sound like? Come to me because you'll find the lover of your soul first. He says, verse 34, my yokes are easy and my burdens are light. Now, listen to this in the uh, message translation. This always blesses me. It says, are you tired? Worn out? burned out on religion. He says, come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. Because he is the voice of life calling you to himself. He says, I'll show you how to take a real rest, not the facade, not the mess, not the rest that you think you get in drinking a little bit of wine in the evening time, not the rest that you think you get doing all these sinful activities that offer nothing real and authentic. He says, "He says you'll find a real rest. He says, walk with me and work with me. Now, dear God, can we hear God saying, work with me? <laughs> It's not that God's word doesn't work. Sometimes we don't spend enough time working the system. Work Work with him. Work with me here now. A lot of people have no problem working with the devil. I need a little bit more. He says, work with me. Watch how I do it. He says, learn the unforced. Notice the word unforced. Rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. So when I operate in God's commands, I am actually learning freely or how to walk in freedom and how to live light. He's always the voice of truth. Always the voice of love, always the voice of faith, always the voice of peace, always the voice of life. And when he calls us to an assignment, when he calls us to his commandments, when he leaves, he leaves from the voice of love. I love you. And when we begin to fully understand how much he loves us because of how good he's been to us, then following him becomes easy. Now watch this in 1 John chapter 5 and verse 2 through four it finishes up he says for whatsoever born is born of God overcomes the world and this is the victory that overcomes the world our faith our faith in God is displayed in our keeping his commandments Keeping his commandments, keeping his creeds, keeping his precepts has everything to do with our overcoming the world. He says, I've given you a prescription to overcome or live the overcomer's life. But it comes about through you having faith in my word to you. But having faith in my word to you also means having faith in my love for you. You are my sheep. I know you. You are my sheep. I know you. No, Not the person that you th- try to pers- tell everybody else that you are. Not the person that you display perhaps on Facebook. Because on Facebook everybody puts their best foot forward. He says, I know you. In the booth, in the back, in the court. I know you in a crowd. everybody on the planet is calling but when i hear your voice my ears are attentive to your cry because i know you and so when i call you and tell you to do something it's because i know this is good for you because i am love we love him because he first loved us. So love doesn't call you to kill your kids. Love doesn't call you to enter into sin because sin carries with it the wages of death. It pays out in death. Love doesn't call you away from peace. Love doesn't call you away from truth. Knowing God, then we begin to fully understand and display the essence of his voice by understanding this is how he talks to us. It matches the book and if we really begin to understand God in this area we begin to see through all the books of the bible the consistent thread is his goodness that's rooted in his love for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever should believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life he said i am not willing to let humanity die and be separate from me. So if I got to, I'm gonna put this suit of flesh on me and I'm gonna step in the same position that, that Adam was in to redeem mankind through those making the decision to receive my love. The original disobedience in the Garden of Eden had everything to do with the disobedience of understanding God's love for Adam and Eve. or nothing in the garden. The whole test, the whole issue was, do you trust God's love for you? Let's stop here. Let's pray. Father, in the authority of the name of Jesus, we honor you and we bless you for this opportunity to have gotten into your word on this morning. Lord, we just thank you for loving us. We thank you, Lord, for your goodness towards us. Lord, areas and places and times when we haven't been so good ourselves, God, you were yet still good to us. That is your love, Lord, that's caused us to repent. It's your love, God, just like the prodigal son, that he knew if I can't go nowhere else, I can go back home because my father, he still loves me. Thank you, God, for loving us. And because of your love and your goodness first we dedicate our lives to you, to be our Lord, to be our leader, and to be our God. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen.